0: American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at Network.com So now I'm obsessed with time. Welcome to another episode of American, American Timelines. I'm Amy and that's Joe.
1: That's right. And we are history for jerks.
0: The dulcet tones of history for jerks.
1: Dulcet fucking tones, motherfucker. You want dulcet? You got dulcet, motherfucker. Right, right down your throat.
0: I don't know why we have to be so crass right away. Because it's
1: dulcet. I have to tell you there's a new formula of Magic Mind. They've improved it. Um, and you know what, you, you might call me a hippie or call them a hippie, but they've decided to make a vegan formula. They've swapped the honey with agave, uh, and they now use a new nanotechnology to blend their ingredients. So there's no more sediments in the drink and the effects take place a lot faster now. And I'll tell you, I've noticed it and the taste is better, I think, but I've also noticed more productivity for me when I take it, I'm taking it consistently. I take it every day after my first cup of coffee. So it kind of mixes with my caffeine, whatever it is. And then I don't even really need any more coffee. And then I really feel like I focus a lot more. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm more creative and I'm I get in that creative flow. Those of you who are creative people, uh, if you're a writer, if you're a comedy writer, you know, if you're a comedian, uh, whatever you are, an actor, singer, probably write songs. I'm telling you, this will help you kind of get in that, Uh, Creative flow. I get this creative flow when I take it. I love it. And they've increased Magic Mind so great to American Timelines because they have increased the subscription uh, discount you get for listening to American Timelines to 56% off. That's crazy. You'd be crazy not to do this. So uh, if you go to www.magicmind.co slash American. Uh, You can get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code. You got to use my code, American20. Uh, So magicmind.co slash American, American20, and get a subscription to Magic Mind. And it takes one second to drink the thing, and you feel healthier, and you feel smarter, and you feel better, and you drink less coffee, and you're less jittery. So try Magic Mind today. I See, I just sang it. Um, They told me not to sing, but I sang anyway.
0: All right. Today, we are going to talk about 1958.
1: That's right. We've been in 1958 for a little bit now, if you've been listening, but we kind of fucked up a little bit. Amy's got- No,
0: a... we don't need to go into the weeds. We're fine. I love weeds. My story's just <laughs> a little bit into July, and we're mostly going to discuss August, so, so we've already done fine. June and
1: July, but we're going to backtrack, because Amy had another July story that she didn't carve already. Right. And so we're going to start with her, her story in July, and then I will- uh, do my usual bullshit about August, yes. 1958, and we'll just leave it at that, bruh.
0: All right. Because next
1: episode we got September and October, so we're gonna just kind of we're gonna stray from the norm. Okay. And what so, is norm anyway? I am Cliffy's buddy. Shh, shh 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 shh. Are you shushing me? Yeah. Uh, on my pod, on my own very own podcast, on your very
0: own podcast. Are you
1: shushing the? Founder and CEO of History for Jerks? Yes.
0: I was shushing that person. Okay. okay I'm going to tell the, st- the tale of the Glamour Girl Slayer.
1: Ooh. The Glamour Girl Slayer. Yeah, I don't want Glamour Girls to be slayed. So Unless it's like, hey, slay. So sexually, he was a right?
0: serial killer. And my main source was a, an article from allthatsinteresting.com. Okay.
1: allthatsinteresting.com. That is a quality publication a quality organization run by quality people i'm sure
0: so he was a serial killer um in hollywood okay and he preyed on the young starlets around
1: so that was before it became known as holly weird (laughs) i don't
0: don't know i don't know what you're talking about um
1: more like holly weird
0: and his name was harvey glattman
1: harvey glattman baby that sounds like a name of a real go-getter i know Harvey Glattman, <laughs> Harvey Glattman, get up here. So show us how.
0: When goes. he was um, l- young, he yeah. he started to show kind of some ab- aberrant sexual behaviors. Oh boy! He um, his mom when he was twelve, she caught him like. Oh boy! Had a, he was he had a noose around his neck Oof. and he was jerking off. I guess. <laughs> oh, God. So and he was twelve. You know, I mean that's not you wouldn't normally. For some
1: reason, you saying jerking off sounds grosser than. A well, normal person saying it. Oh, like an old lady saying it is not, I'm not an old lady. Not that you're an old.
0: Lady. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> no, no, I was gonna let Holy me finish. Fuck! No, an old lady saying it is more acceptable than you saying it. For some reason you saying it. I don't get it. Anyway, as a younger lady.
0: Anyway, so he grew mm-hmm. up in Denver, Colorado area. Okay, and this was the you know late 30s, early 40s when he was a kid. Okay, um, and so mom or no harvey later said it seems like i always had a piece of rope in my hands when i was a kid i guess i was just kind of fascinated by rope so when he was 18 he got arrested for tying up a classmate and molesting her oh
1: god
0: that was the first of his 18 yeah and that was the first of a string of similar crimes and some of those landed him in jail for short stints here and there then in 1957." He moved to Los Angeles and okay. got a job as a TV repairman. Oh. So that kind of put him in people's homes.
1: I think they prefer to be called repairmen. Repairmen. Oh, so then, yeah, people would let him in their homes. He has access to.
0: Right. And then people. his crime started to escalate at that point. Oh, man. Um, and his shtick was to pose as a photographer to these young starlets to, and, and tell them he wanted to take pictures, their, their picture. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then
1: he, everybody will do anything for fame.
0: Right, and then he would get you know drive him out to the desert or whatever, and
1: so what a sad circumstance is if you happen to have your TV on the fritz, and you call this yeah, guy. I
0: know it. So That's his true. first victim was 19-year-old model Judy Ann Dull. She uh-huh. she was engaged in a protracted, expensive custody battle with her ex-husband over their 14-month-old daughter. Okay. So when this man named Johnny Glynn called, offering her. A much needed fifty dollars to pose for the cover of a pulp novel.
1: So he used a fake name, Johnny yes. Glenn, not Harvey,
0: not Harvey Glattman,
1: Glattman, <laughs> Glattman. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get more
0: opportunities
1: so, than the cool name.
0: So he could gets he gets to the apartment to get her. Okay. And her roommates said they didn't. He was like this little guy, and he glasses and. Whose you know, roommate?
1: Oh, her, her roommate sees the guy. And sees is like, the oh, guy, it's no and threat. And, yeah, exactly. It's this little Harvey Wimpleman looking. But face.
0: so then he gets her to hit back to his apartment, Okay. and then he gets out a gun oh, and rapes her a bunch ah. of times. And that's when he lost his virginity, and he was twenty nine. Oh boy. And so then he drives her out to real secluded way out in the Mojave Desert. Yeah. Outside of L.A., where he strangles her to death, ah. and so. That became his regular deal where he would just continue to take women, tie Way them up, up sexually the, assault yeah. them, and then murder them. He says, I would make them kneel down with every one. It was the same, Glattman later told police. With the gun on them, I would tie this five-foot piece of rope around their ankles. Then I would loop it up around their neck. Then I would stand there and keep pulling until they quit struggling. So then his, his next— like His next victim was Shirley Ann Bridgeford, 24, a divorcee and model who he met through a Lonely Hearts ad using the false name George Williams.
1: George Williams is a common name to use. It's sad because these poor women, their only uh, fault is being attractive. I know. Poor ladies. And
0: she thought he was going to take her to a dance. Yeah. So that was how he got her.
1: You'd think that would... Well, I guess he's offering again to make them famous or to make them... Well, this one was like, a, why are they going with this guy? But He
0: met a... This was a Lonely Hearts ad. Okay. So it was not... He wasn't saying he was a photographer at this one.
1: I would think once he picked her up and he looks like a guy who's not so attractive, she'd be like, eh.
0: So he takes her back to his place, does the same thing, ties her up, photographs her, rapes her before taking her to the desert where he kills her. And... There's you can see photo the photos of the these photos that he takes. There are you can you can see the actual can, photos yeah, he took before of the he girls killed them? tied up. Oh there's no, there's a whole bunch of them online.
1: How do you how do you Google? Harvey Glattman. Just look up Harvey Glattman photos. Yeah. Ugh.
0: So he left her body unburied in the desert to be ravaged by animals in the wind.
1: Oh my gosh, you can real these are real, huh? Yeah. Yep. Oh no, yeah. I'm looking at these pictures on Murderpedia and all that's interesting. Oh, this is not, I don't like this at all.
0: Isn't that horrible? These are real? Yeah. It, it's not, are. let's describe it. It's not um, bloody or anything. No, it's, it's just, just women tied up. Women tied up. So it looks like it's from up.
1: a movie or something. They're so Their pictures are done so well. Right. And it's like women tied to chairs with gags in their mouths or rope over their mouth. Oh, there he is, huh? The Glamour Girl Slayer.
0: Yep. Gross. So... Um,
1: this is awful. So his
0: next victim, Ruth Mercado, was 24. He met he, her through a modeling agency. Okay. So then he gets to her house for a planned photo shoot. He, she says she's too sick to to um, do it. Okay. But he decides he comes back a couple hours later. And this time he lets himself in. And he rapes her repeatedly at gunpoint throughout Ugh. the night. And then in the morning, he forced her to walk out to his car and then drove her to the desert where he killed her in his usual manner. Ugh. He said, she was one I really liked. So I told her we were going out to a deserted spot where we wouldn't be bothered while I took more pictures. Glatman later revealed during interrogation, we drove out to the Escondi- Escondido Drive.
1: escondido
0: escondido district and spent most of the day out in the desert i took a lot more pictures and tried and tried to figure out how to keep from killing her but i couldn't come up with any answer so then glattman's luck would soon come to an end with his last victim 28 year old lorraine vigil so she had just registered with the modeling agency and then she was contacted by glattman for a photo shoot okay she got in the car with him and she wasn't worried until he started driving in the opposite direction of hollywood
1: okay she I said
0: later, I didn't become alarmed until we entered the Santa Ana freeway, and he began driving at a tremendous speed. Uh-huh. He wouldn't answer my questions or even look at me. Can you imagine, like?
1: Yeah, the, the fear you'd have. Yes.
0: Your... All of a sudden, you realize this person in control of the car. Yeah. Something's wrong. So then.
1: And you have nothing. You have no means to protect yourself.
0: Right. So then he says, oh, I got a flat tire. So he pulls over to the side of the road. And then once the car's parked, he pulls his gun out on her and he tries to tie her up. But so he
1: lied about the tire.
0: Yeah, but she was able to grab the gun by the muzzle and she tried to wrest it from him.
1: Oh, really? He then
0: tried to convince her that if she that if she let go, he wouldn't kill her. But she knew better.
1: Yeah, no, so as can't they trust him at this point,
0: as they fought over the gun, Gladman accidentally fired a bullet that passed through her skirt and grazed her thigh. <laughs> Whoa. At that point, she bit Glattman's hand and was able to get a hold of the gun.
1: Get him, girl. She
0: pointed it at Glattman and held him there until the police, likely alerted by a passing motorist, arrived on the scene. Nice. So the police arrested him for the assault, at which point he willingly admitted to his previous three murders.
1: I hope she was holding it sideways
0: like I doubt it he eventually led police to a toolbox that contained pictures of hundreds of women he had molested as well as the three murder victims he then spoke openly about his crimes to law enforcement when put on trial for his crimes he pled guilty and repeatedly requested that he be given the death penalty and even attempted to stop the automatic appeal given to all death penalty cases in California but ultimately, he was killed in the gas chamber at San Quentin State Prison on September 18, 1959, bringing his horrifying killing spree to an end. Wow! That is the Glamour Girl Slayer.
1: It's so awful because when you start the story, I'm like in its little panic, like, "How are we gonna? How long is it gonna take for they catch this guy? He's gonna get caught. They get caught eventually. Not always. Yeah, I guess not.
0: We've had some that." Nobody knows Long Island, uh, the Long Island. um,
1: Well, I assume he's going to get caught. And then it's like you have to go through all the all the ladies like before the word gets out that somebody's doing this. And like, who knows if the word was even out at this point. He got caught because of this brave ass woman. Right. So she's a badass. Yeah, that's her. What's her name? Lorraine. uh, That's her right there. Yeah. I forget what her name was.
0: Lorraine Vigil.
1: Lorraine Vigil. So Lorraine Vigil probably saved. Countless women. That's right. From the clutches of Harvey Glatman. Glattman. Glantman. Fuck Glatman and the Glamour Girl murders, murderer. Anyway, screw that guy. Uh, and that brings us to, we're going to jump into August 1958, just to get a feel for wh- what the times were like. All right. <clears throat> what was going on in the world, or in America mainly. little bit, we're going to go out of America, because August 1958, we might as well just call it The plane crash uh, month. I mean, something was going on with aviation. Really? I can't believe the amount of crashes. And we also should call it Superstar Birth Month because we got some birthdays. Oh,
0: boy. We got some
1: superstar birthdays that are unbelievable. So August 3rd, 1958, will start on Sunday, was the day that the nuclear-powered submarine USS Nautilus Mm -hmm. and its crew of 111 servicemen, uh, And five American civilian scientific observers became the first vessel to sail underneath the North Pole.
0: Oh, my God. Whose
1: ice cap is impenetrable by surface ships. So you have to go in a a submarine.
0: You go under uh, it?
1: Under the the North Pole, yep. That's
0: crazy to know.
1: The accomplishment was announced. I guess I
0: thought some of that was land. Yeah, I don't Underneath the ice, I thought some of that was land. I
1: don't know anything.
0: But if you can go under it, I guess the whole thing's just an iceberg.
1: I guess the world, everything's an iceberg, right? No. Land.
0: Earth. Earth goes down to the core. I think you can.
1: uh... Right?
0: Are we idiots? We're we're (laughs) we're looking so stupid right now. You can't
1: go under like the like the 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 big giant continents, but I think the North Pole. I got to look at a globe. I don't remember what it looks oh like up there anyway. We better stop now. Yeah, we better shut up. Uh, you can, anyway. You can tell
0: we've had uh, imbibed. Oh, shit. You can tell we've
1: been drinking all day.
0: Something. Okay, stop. The accomplishment that was, was announced
1: five days later when the voyage of Nautilus was revealed by U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower ceremony presenting Commander William R. Anderson from Waynesboro, Tennessee. With the Legion of Merit at the White House. He happened to also go to Wayne County High School, home of the Wildcats. Uh, He was the commander on that ship. All (laughs) righty. You like that? I looked up what high school he went to? You like that? No. Oh, you don't like that? I did
0: not care for it.
1: Well, that brings us to Monday, August 4th, 1958. And on that date, the Billboard Hot 100, Billboard Magazine's Weekly Documentation of the Most Popular Recorded Songs in the United States, Regardless of the musical genre, was published for the first time. They finally did the Billboard Hot 100 nice. with rankings based on the average of surveys of best-selling and most played songs. Okay. And the first number one hit on the Hot 100 was. how want to guess. Nope. Oh. It was a recording of the song "Poor Little Fool." You know who sang that? Uh, Written no. by Sharon Sheely.
0: No, I don't know who sang that. Ricky Nelson. Okay.
1: Who was born in New Jersey and he went to Hollywood High School, home of the Sheiks. Notable alumni it. No. Meredith Baxter. Stop, Stop. He moved to L.A. later and went to Hollywood High School. So yeah, uh, yeah. So the last, uh, yeah. So that that was the first ever one. How about that? Now that exists. Yep. We talked a lot about that in the '80s episode uh, Episodes. Right. And then on that same date, the last television program of the Dumont Television Network in the U.S was aired before Dumont Television Network went away. So it was like NBC, CBS, and Dumont. Okay. And that was uh, the last program was boxing. Okay. Uh, telecast from St. Nicholas Arena on five stations in the U.S. Uh, and Dumont had already given up most of his programming two years earlier, but it mm-hmm. was still under contract to broadcast boxing only. And the last fight pitted... Lightweight Letty Matthews against Steve Ward. They went to different high schools. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't look up. Oh my god! I couldn't find their high school. I couldn't I'll find kill any. Kill myself. Of the
0: boxers, so. I'm gonna snap my own neck. No, you love
1: high no. school mascots. Uh, but also that same day on August 4th, a U.S. district judge in Richmond, Virginia, issued an order allowing the public school system of Prince Edward County, Virginia, seven years to accomplish racial desegregation Jeez. with black and white students being educated in separate schools until the beginning of 1965-66 school year. Uh, Judge Serling Hutchison justified the seven-year delay based on language of the 1954 U.S. Supreme Court decision Brown v. Board of Education because it said desegregation should be accomplished with all deliberate speed. Yeah. Even if done 11 years after the decision. He was using that as his justification, which is stupid.
0: Yeah, that's very stupid. And then on
1: Friday, August 8th, At 8 o'clock a.m. local time, New York City began a crackdown, a crackdown on jaywalking. Oh, God. The oft-violated law against walking a street at point other than a posted crosswalk after a two-month warning period, including a 30-day interval of stopping and warning violators at beginning August 8th, you'll be subject to a fine of $2, equivalent to $20 60 years later. Wow. On the first day of the enforcement, 479 summonses were issued, with more than half in Manhattan, uh, 93 in Brooklyn, 98 in Queens, 31 in the Bronx, and two in Richmond Heights. <laughs> but Richmond Heights only had one don't walk signal. So
0: can't oh, blame so those guys. yeah, that's true.
1: And now here come the plane crashes. Saturday, August 9th, 1958, the crash of Central African Airways Flight 890 killed 36 of the 54 people on board. The Viscount 74. 75- four 5d turboprop was on the fifth leg of a multi-stop flight from Salisbury to South Rhodesia uh, now Zimbabwe to London's Heathrow Airport and was approaching Benghazi in Libya when it crashed into a hillside when it attempting to land Ooh. it's probably Hillary's fault
0: yeah or Hunter Biden's laptop
1: yeah and then Monday August 11th. <laughs> I said because it was Benghazi is what I said. Monday, August 11, 1958, five people were killed and more than 20 injured in a head-on collision of two Erie Railroad trains in front of a closed depot at Sterlington, New York, after a signal operator failed to direct a westbound train to stop for an eastbound commuter train. When the operator realized his error, he tried to radio both trains to stop, but neither one received the signal, and the two collided at 647 in the morning.
0: Yikes. Then on
1: Tuesday, August 12th, 1958, all 33 people on board the Al-Nippon Airways Flight 25 were killed as the Douglas DC-3 was flying from Tokyo to Nagoya. The right engine of the twin-engine airplane failed an hour into the flight. The airline plunged into the Pacific Ocean 17 miles from the island of Toshima. All right, that same day... Uh, White Wilderness. Have you ever heard of that Disney movie, White Wilderness? No. It's like a nature documentary type of movie. It contains a scene mm-hmm. that supposedly depicts a mass lemming migration and ends with the lemmings leaping into the Arctic Ocean and the narrator basically states that the lemmings are committing suicide, uh, like a mass suicide. Oh, my God. Uh, but rather, they're in the course of migrating and that kind of happens that way sometimes uh, when they... When they come across a body of water, they're tempted to cross it. uh, And if the body of water, the lemmings encounter is too wide, they can suffer exhaustion and drown as a result. Right. So it shows that I kind of watched a little bit. But in 1982, the CBC television news magazine program, The Fifth Estate, broadcast a documentary about animal cruelty in Hollywood called Cruel Camera, focusing on this film, White Wilderness, that came out in 1958, as well as the television program Wild Kingdom. Bob McCown, the host of the CBC program, who also played football at Yale, discovered that the lemming scene was filmed at the Bow River near downtown Calgary and not in the Arctic Ocean as implied by the film. McCown, who also played professional football for the Ottawa Rough Riders and had a cool Fu Manchu then, interviewed a lemming expert, and this lemming expert claimed that the particular species of lemming shown in the film is not known to migrate, much less commit mass suicide. In fact, the lemmings were transported to the location, jostled on turntables, and thrown off of a cliff, after which the footage was edited, just for the, to make that film. Additionally, he revealed that footage of a polar bear cub falling down an Arctic ice slope was really filmed in a Calgary film studio. It remains unknown whether or not Walt Disney was aware or approved of the, this practice. Wow. So they, And you watch it, and it's these, they basically threw these lemmings off a cliff, and they're like... Falling, hanging off a cliff and oh going to the water and drown. Jesus. So really sad. You can Why see are it. we
0: talking about it?
1: I don't know. It's a crazy thing that people did, that they did.
0: That's nuts.
1: It's cruel and awful. And then Wednesday, August 13th, 1958, have you ever heard of American cartoonist Jack Cole? No. Well, he was 43 years old and he was a comic book artist who had created the character Plastic Man. For quality comics in 1941. You've seen Plastic Man, right? Yes. Um, And he later worked for Playboy magazine. But on this date, he shot himself to death.
0: Oh, my God. Less than
1: three months after he created a new comic strip. Betsy and me for the Chicago Tribune. Wait a minute. Yeah.
0: You said later he worked for Playboy magazine, but right now he killed himself.
1: Well, in 1941, he created Plastic Man. And then he later worked for Playboy magazine. But on this date, he killed himself.
0: Oh. I thought you meant... He killed himself, and then later he worked for Playboy magazine. No.
1: He created Plastic Man, and then later worked for Playboy magazine, and then in 1958 he shot himself. Got it. When he was 17, I'm trying to figure out the cause here. I kind of dug into him a little bit. When he was 17, he's from Pennsylvania. He bicycled solo cross-country from Los Angeles to Los Angeles, California, and back from Pennsylvania, I think. Wow. Bicycled. Wow. You can't do that, Right. It's without nuts. chafing? Like, I can't ride They're chafing. around the block without my taint We don't need sore. To, we my on fire on a bicycle. We are all fire of your chafing. How do we you ride a bicycle without your taint it. being just on fire? My taint's on fire just thinking about it. All right. Anyway, on August 13, 1958, he got in a Chevy station wagon, purchased a rifle, and fatally shot himself in the head. On the day he died, he mailed a suicide note explaining the reasons for a suicide to his wife, Dorothy. The coroner deemed that the letter was too personal and did not enter into evidence at the ensuing inquest. The only explanation his wife gave was, quote, we had an argument before, unquote. She subsequently remarried and disappeared from public view. Cole also wrote a suicide note to his editor and father figure, Hugh Hefner, which was printed in Art Spiegelman's biography of Cole, Jack Cole and Plastic Man. Forms stretched to their limits, is the full title. The note reads, Dear Hef, when you read this, I shall be dead. I cannot go on living with myself and hurting those dear to me. What I do has nothing to do with you.
0: Jeez, What was the steal?
1: I don't know. They said that Cole owed Hefner money, but his estate covered the debt. Uh, Cole did not participate in the whole Playboy lifestyle, uh, though the evening before his suicide, he did drink a substantial amount at a Playboy office party. Hmm. It still remains, to this day, it remains one of the greatest mysteries in all of American cartooning. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, weird to say. And then Thursday, August 14th, 1958. <coughs> ready for some more plane crashes? All right, bring them.
0: Bring them on. All
1: 99 people aboard KLM Flight 607E were killed when the Super Constellation Jet Airliner, airliner crashed into the Atlantic Ocean after taking off from Shannon Airport in Ireland. to travel to Gander, Newfoundland in Canada as part of a multi-stop flight from Amsterdam to New York City. The loss of life was the highest up to that time in a commercial aviation disaster. And the very next day, on Friday, August 15th, all 64 passengers and crew on Aeroflot Aeroflot fight, Flight 4 and the Russian SFSR were killed when the Tupolev Tu-104 jet airliner crashed half an hour after taking off from Khabarovsk towards Irkutsk. <laughs>
0: Man, you're really gambling with <laughs> with your life when you're I guess taking Irkutsk, a flight. I
1: guess Irkutsk. Yeah, as a stop on flight to Moscow. At 3.18 in the afternoon, the pilot indicated the jet was in stress. A few minutes later, the aircraft crashed into a dense forest, 134 miles from its destination. Uh, and that same day, on April 15th, the crash of Northeast Airlines Flight 258 in the Jesus. U.S. killed 25 of the 34 people on board after the Convair 240 twin-engine Piston-powered airliner was cleared for the approach to Nantucket, Massachusetts, at 11:34 at night. The flight, which had departed from LaGuardia Airport in New York, impacted the ground 1,700 feet from runway, 20, uh, 1700 feet from runway 24 while attempting its landing in a dense fog. The nine survivors had, had all been passengers. So none of the crew or the pilots survived. Can you imagine surviving a crash? No, all these dead people next to you. That's that? the least of your problems. That's the least of your problems. You think you have nightmares after that? Yeah,
0: pretty sure. Yeah, about so that.
1: that's in two days, three crashes in two days. Uh, August sixteenth was a Saturday in nineteen fifty-eight, and remember briefly we talked about the TV show Dotto? Uh,
0: don't recall that. It
1: was, it was like uh, Connect the Dots, I think, or something. Oh, yes. It was so popular in the U.S. at one time that it was shown on both CBS and NBC networks. Oh, my God. But on this date, it was canceled abruptly by its sponsor, the Colgate-Palmolive Company, in the wake of accusations by a former contestant that the show's producers had supplied answers in advance to players.
0: Oh, scandal. Scandalous.
1: So people who tried to tune into that uh, on CBS at 1130 on Monday morning found out that top dollar which had run on Saturday evenings was the abrupt replacement for Dotto. And nobody gave a shit about Top Dollar.
0: God, it's like watching paint dry these game shows, I bet. Yeah, but they were terrible. Oh.
1: Everybody's wearing a like suit. Like that early TV. Yeah. Well, that same day that Dotto was abruptly canceled was the same day that we have a superstar born. Hit at Matt Truman, for a very special theme song of Amy Hates Birthdays. What? But Amy, you're going to love this one. Amy Amy Hates birthday. Uh, American pop music superstar who ranks as the best-selling female recording artist of all time, as well as being an award-winning film actress, was born in Bay City, Michigan. Do you know who it is?
0: Yes, I do. Who? Madonna, Madonna, Madonna.
1: You know what her middle name is? And her real last name is? Chaconi is her Chaconne last is. name. is, yeah,
0: right. Yeah, but I know Louisa or something.
1: Louise, oh my God, I'm yeah. impressed. Well, Madonna had the same name as her mother. I don't know if you knew that. So family members called her Little Nanny. Mm. Her mother died of breast cancer on December 1st, 1963, when she was just five. She later adopted Veronica as her confirmation name when getting confirmed. Madonna was raised in the Detroit suburbs of Pontiac and Avon Township, now Rochester Hills, alongside her two older brothers, Anthony and Martin, and three younger siblings, Paula, Christopher, and Melanie. In 1966, her dad, Tony, married the family's housekeeper, Joan Gustafson. Did <laughs> you know that? No. And they had two children, Jennifer and Mario. Madonna resented her father for getting married again and rebelled against him and strained the relationship for many years, as you can see demonstrated in the Papa Don't Preach video. And her dad was played by Danny...
0: Danny... Hello. Uh, uh, yep. That's That's right.
1: Yep. That's a good video. She was known for her high grade point average in middle school, but she achieved notoriety for unconventional behavior. She would perform cartwheels and handstands in the hallways between classes, dangle by her knees from the monkey bars during recess, and pulled up her skirt during class, all so that the boys could see her underwear. (laughs) she later admitted to seeing herself in that (laughs) tracks yeah yeah, yeah. that tracks she saw herself as a lonely girl who was searching for something she said I wasn't rebellious in a certain way I cared about being good at something I didn't shave my underarms and I didn't wear makeup like normal girls do but I studied and I got good grades I wanted to be somebody yep Madonna's father uh, put her in classical piano lessons but she later convinced him to allow her to take ballet and Christopher Flynn her ballet teacher persuaded her to pursue a career in dance she later attended Rochester Adams High School, home of the Highlanders, and became a straight-A student as well as a member of its cheerleading squad. Madonna was a cheerleader. After graduating in January 1976, she received a dance scholarship to the University of Michigan, Go Blue, Jim Harbaugh, and studied over the summer at the American Dance Festival in Durham, North Carolina. Mm. North Carolina, not far from where we're at. So there you go. That's a, just some early days of Madonna. One of the greatest performers of all time. But what's even cooler is I don't think a lot of people know this: mm-hmm. Madonna and another fucking superstar, arguably a better superstar. I think I like this this next one better. We're born on the same day. Two badass women. Really? Yes. Ba- one of the baddest ass, ass actresses Janet, Jan- in the world. Oh, it's an actress. actress. She's an actress. She's a badass in everything. <laughs> she played Tina Turner. Uh, she played Black Angela Panther's Bassett. mom. Yeah, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Was born in New York City uh, on this same date. She went to live with her aunt went Winston-Salem when she was little. Because uh, it was too... Uh, I forgot why. Uh, but she ended up in Florida and went to high school in Gulfport, Florida. She went to the same high school as Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. All right. At Boca Siega High School, Home of the Pirates. She was a cheerleader there, too. So Angela Bassett was a cheerleader. Madonna was a cheerleader at the same time.
0: Not at the same school.
1: Not at the same school. No. at the same time, because they were born the same year. Right. But Angela Bassett was also a member of the debate team, student government, drama club, and choir. And during high school, Bassett became the first African-American from Boca Ciega to be admitted to the National Honor Society. Badass. Yeah. She also studied at Yale University and graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in African-American Studies in 1980. She then studied acting at the Yale School of Drama and obtained a Master of Fine Arts in 1983, despite opposition from her paternal aunt, who warned her to not waste her Yale education on theater. But at Yale, she met future husband Courtney B. Vance. I don't know that I knew she married Courtney B. Vance. I don't think I know who that is. Oh, man. I'm going to yell at you now. (laughs) But you know who else she went to school with at Yale? Who? Charles Dutton. Oh. You rock like Charles Dutton, I tell people to this day, and they... They don't now, know what you're talking now about. Now I work with a lot of people. They have to Google who that is because right. well, Rock, <laughs> right? That show Rock is old. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it to a lady I work with the other day, and she said, "In my defense, I was born the year that came out." <laughs> and I suddenly like felt bad. Re- I felt old.
0: Yeah, because
1: I realized she was born. I would feel like I was forty when I was watching Rock. Anyway, Tuesday, August nineteenth, nineteen fifty-eight. We're getting through August here. Yes. This was the Cats Drugstore sit-in on this day in Oklahoma City. Uh, In Oklahoma, U.S. businesses were allowed by law to refuse service to African-Americans still. And Clara Looper, super badass uh, African-American high school teacher in Oklahoma City, was also a civil rights activist and the advisor for the Youth Council of the Oklahoma City NAACP. She had taken a trip with her students earlier to New York City to put on the play Brother President where they witnessed black people living in a desegregated environment. They experienced integrated restaurants and other freedoms that black people in Oklahoma City had not been accustomed to. Yeah. After their return to Oklahoma, Looper's daughter Marilyn asked, why don't we just go in and ask for Coca-Cola and a hamburger at Drug Drugstore? And that prompted Looper to stage a sit-in with 13 of her black students. One of those black students happened to be Kanye West's mom. Really? Yeah, small world. Donda West huh. was one of the students. Before the event, Looper gathered the students to teach them about principles of civil disobedience. Civil disobedience, not civil o disobedience, like I just said. Mm-hmm. And to train them on how to react to opposition. After their prep, the first day of the sit in began on August 19, 1958, when Clara Looper and the children sat down at the counter of the Cat's Drug Store and ordered 13 Cokes. They were refused service, but they stayed at the counter for hours all while white people kicked them and punched them and spat at them and poured things on them. Yeah. White assholes. Mm-hmm. They returned for two more days on the third day of their protest. The one of the same
0: ones that don't want to, us to teach the real it's history. It's the same
1: people that are upset that, wa- that are yep. upset about CRT. the mm-hmm. same people yep. are still around complaining about bullshit, wanting to kill drag queens. That's right. It's the same people wrong side of history motherfuckers, I want to say. Anyway, uh on the third day of the protests, one of the employees served them food, ending segregation in that restaurant. Uh, and when that restaurant finally relented, it prompted a series of sit-ins at other restaurants in the state's capital. The sit-in began uh, one month after a similar campaign began to desegregate a chain of lunch counters in Kansas. We talked about that one, mm. I think last last episode or the previous
0: yeah one before that.
1: So, back when drugstores had lunch counters, and right, lunch right, right anymore, but um. And then thankfully, on Saturday, August 23rd, 1958, U.S. President Eisenhower signed the Federal Aviation Act into law, transferring all authority over aviation in the U.S. to the new Federal Aviation Agency, the FAA, to replace the Civil Aeronautics Maybe Authority. Maybe there won't be so many goddamn yeah, crashes. the CAA was definitely not doing a very good job, no. but it wasn't just America's planes. A lot of those planes were all over the world. That's why I feel like, were aliens involved? Like, did anybody look at this? Like, There were all these crashes all in a row? But I guess it was just flights were shitty
0: new. yeah air flying was pretty new and yeah
1: people didn't know what they were doing yeah Mm-mm. and that same day president eisenhower also signed legislation that granted lifelong government pensions for the first time to former presidents of the US and their widows the only two living ex-presidents at this time were herbert hoover herbert hoover and harry s truman who received $25,000 a year mm-hmm. equivalent to 250,000 today and two living presidential wid- widows were Edith Galt Wilson and Eleanor Roosevelt, who got $10,000 pensions. Mm. The recipients also received furnishes of- furnished offices, a paid government assistant, and free postage on any correspondence or packages sent within the U.S. Free postage for life. Oh, my gosh. You get free postage forever. That was a bigger deal then. Yeah. It actually was. mailed shit. Like, yeah, it was. I don't remember the last time I bought postage stamps.
0: It'd be like getting free shipping all the time, though.
1: It's like free shipping with Amazon Prime. So basically, they're just getting Amazon Prime. Yeah. Is what it is. And then Sunday, August 24th, we have one more birthday. Another superstar you won't believe. Amy. Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates birthdays. American film actor and kind of comedian in Brooklyn, New York. Went to Plain Edge High School, home of the Red Devils. Noble alumni include Manjul Bhargava, a mathematician, Jim Hodder, the Steely Dan drummer.
0: <laughs> Stop with it.
1: This is Steve Gutenberg.
0: Okay. I never would have guessed that.
1: Steve Gutenberg, the great He's Steve Gutenberg. He's not a Guttenberg. superstar. He's not? Wait a minute. You know, did you know what that the Steve- the fuck are you talking about? Steve Gutenberg. listen to this. He attended a summer program at the Juilliard School.
0: He was great in Police Academy. Gained
1: amazing skills to be in Police Academy. Mm -hmm. That's why Police Academy is one of the greatest ever cinematic creations in the universe.
0: God, I bet All eight of them. I bet those don't hold up well.
1: Oh, they hold up. Oh, I bet they don't. There's a lot of boob jokes.
0: I bet they do not hold up well. Weiner jokes
1: and boob jokes- People get their wieners glued to things. I haven't even thought about itching powder in your jock straps. I
0: haven't even thought about police academy movies in years. We're gonna do it.
1: No. Remember, we want to make. The- My God. <laughs> Rich wanted to make a, a documentary where we watch all eight police academies, <laughs> and you have like a confession booth where you just like see what state of mind you're in, and how, <laughs> like by the time you get to eight, like what's wrong with you? Um, that'd be hilarious. Yes. We still gotta do that. Um, August twenty fifth, nineteen fifty eight was a Monday. And instant noodles, commonly referred to as ramen noodles, went on sale for the first time after Japanese entrepreneur Momofuku Ando developed a process for dehydrating noodles and packaging them as a block for future rehydration. At Boy, home that was a water.
0: humdinger of a invention. He
1: got a lot of people through college. Yes, tell you that much. His company Nissin Foods sold the packages under the name Chicken Ramen. For 35 Japanese yen, equivalent at the time to about 12 and a half cents in the U.S. Yeah. Now, I think, they, I think they're still 12 cents. Like, they're still cheap. And Ramen, then, yeah, pretty much. Ramen's cheap as hell. Mm-hmm. And it's good, man. It's not good for you, but it tastes good. Wednesday, August 27, 1958, the Soviet Union accomplished the first successful return of animal passengers from a rocket launch after sending two dogs to an altitude of 281 miles without killing them. According to the Tas news agency, the dogs were named Belianka, which means whitey, and Pastrella, which means many colors. All right. And they were alive when they came back. And on August twenty eighth, which is a Thursday in nineteen fifty eight, the Onion Futures Act. Oh my God. Had come into play, uh, banning the trading of future contracts on onions as well as most motion picture box office receipts. Uh, Why are those two together? I'm not sure. But because in 1955, two Onion traders, Sam Siegel and Vince Kosuga, they cornered the Onion Futures market on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. The resulting regulatory actions led to a passing of the act on August 28, 1958. And as of August 2022, it remains in effect. Uh, So what happened was these two guys bought so many onions and Mm -hmm. onion futures that they controlled 98% of the available onions in Chicago. Millions of pounds of onions were shipped to Chicago to cover their purchase. By late 55, they had stored 30 million pounds of onions in Chicago. And they soon changed course and convinced onion growers to begin purchasing their inventory by threatening to flood the market with onions if they did not. What? Yeah, Siegel and Kosuga told the growers that they... Would hold the rest of their inventory in order to support the price of onions. And then people are like, you can't be doing shit like this with onions. Right. And they made a law against it. Good. No more cornering the market on onions. And it happened to be the the uh, superstar was born on Onion Day, Super Onion Futures Day. Okay. American rock music superstar and cultural icon born in Gary, Indiana.
0: Oh, Michael Jackson?
1: Michael Jackson. Jesus.
0: All these people in the same month. All
1: in the same month. And just weeks apart, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Angela Bassett, Steve Gutenberg. Well, (laughs) badass Steve Gutenberg.
0: Come on now.
1: Michael Jackson was the eighth of 10 children in the Jackson family, a working class African American family living in a two bedroom house on Jackson Street. 10 children in a two bedroom house. Can you imagine that? No. His mother, Catherine, played clarinet and piano, had aspired to be a country and Western performer, and worked part time at Sears. She was also a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, I knew that. I think I missed something. What? Wow. I missed the thing, speaking to Jehovah's Witnesses, because... Oh, yeah, crap. Back in August 3rd, it doesn't matter, but the record for attendance at the 67,000-plus-seat Yankee Stadium was set in 1958 when 123,707 people came to the Jehovah's Witnesses International Convention.
0: Oh, my God.
1: That broke the record, not baseball. Anyway, a commemorative... Pie- I
0: wonder how many Jehovah's Witnesses there are
1: now. I can't believe there's that many. I'm I know. 50, that's 000. a lot. I, there's a bunch uptown that are always standing by. A, really? They never say a word. They have this big thing that says Jehovah's Witnesses, and they all stand there in suits. There's like six of them at a time. Men and women, all races They don't, ages. They don't try to convert people? They don't people. say a word unless you talk to them. Because I walk past them all the time. They've never said a word to me. Really? But I think they want you to ask about yeah. being a Jehovah's Witness. Anyway. And I've told you about the one funeral I went to, the Jehovah's Witness funeral, and it was upsetting because they never talked about the person who died. They just talked about being a Jehovah's Witness. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, okay. Where do I go? It's
0: kind of a cult, Jehovah's Witness. I
1: don't know. I don't know anything about it except that they... Don't I know celebrate there's celebrate Halloween. I know there's a ginormous
0: birthday. sex assault, a sex abuse scandal. With is there the Jehovah's Witnesses? Yep.
1: Oh boy, I didn't know that.
0: And the Amish.
1: Oh Amish, I could well. I don't know what else is there to do in the Amish. They just need distraction, don't you think? Anyway, Michael Jackson's mother was a Jehovah's Witness, and his father, Joseph Walter Joe Jackson, was a former boxer and a crane operator at U.S. Steel, and played guitar with a local rhythm blues band, the Falcons. Uh. Michael grew up with three sisters: Rebby, Latoya, Janet. Five brothers: Jackie, Tito, Jermaine. Never hear about Rebby. Marlon and Randy. You don't hear about Rebby, but Tim Anderson talks about Rebby a lot. Oh, he does. Yeah, gay guys love Rebby Jackson. A sixth, a sixth brother, Marlon's twin Brandon died shortly after birth. I never knew Marlon had a twin. Did you? No. Uh, I think Tito is my favorite. Your favorite Jackson? I don't know. Maybe Jermaine. In 1964, Michael and Marlon joined the Jackson brothers, a band formed by their father, which included Jackie, Tito, and Jermaine as backup musicians playing congas and tambourine. Michael said his father told him he had a fat nose and physically and emotionally abused him during rehearsals. He recalled that Joe often sat in a chair with a belt in his hand as he and his siblings rehearsed, ready to punish any mistakes. Joe acknowledged that he regularly whipped Michael, and Catherine said that although whipping came to be considered abuse, it was, com- it was a common way to discipline children back then. Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, and Marlon all deny their father was abusive and said that the whippings, which had a deeper impact on Michael because he was younger, kept them disciplined and out of trouble. Mm. Michael Michael said during his youth he was lonely and isolated. I think there's
0: better ways to teach kids
1: than just threatening than abuse. beating them,
0: strong. hitting them, violence.
1: I'm not advocating abuse at all, but if I lived in a two-bedroom house with ten children... Yeah, no shit. I don't. I don't know that I could. I think I'd kill myself. Just they, just they, they have to be bad to figure out who they are. I mean, they're bad at times.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And I had trouble with two. Getting and with along. ten of them, Can you them, imagine ten of them not getting along. Chances are somebody's
0: always being bad.
1: Yeah, they're always bad. Yeah. We barely got through two. That's right. I didn't ever hit a, any of them with a belt, but no. they were afraid that I would, I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, August thirtieth, nineteen fifty eight, was a Saturday. And this is the last thing I have, and it's not in America, but I'm just keeping this in there because I didn't realize racism was so rampant in England. Oh. Uh, Because three days of race riots began between white and black Britons in Notting Hill, London. Uh, Maj Britt Morrison, a white author from Sweden, was attacked by a group of white Britons who called themselves the Teddy Boys and who had learned the night before that she was married to a black man from Jamaica. Raymond Morrison. London police arrested her for obstruction of justice after she refused to leave the scene. When night fell, a mob of more than 300 white people began attacking the homes of black residents from the West Indies. Jesus. Soon the number of people involved grew to 2,000. The disturbances continued every night until September 5th, and 140 people were arrested. Nine young white men would later be convicted of crimes of violence and sentenced to five years in prison.
0: At least they were sentenced. I I mean, that's that's not much, but at least... Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I didn't realize that... I mean, of course, racism exists everywhere, but I always think of really right. black and white racism as American black racism. Well, we really corner the market America. on it. Yeah, America's got the most. I'm yeah. Sure. But anyway, but we're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna jump into September and in the next episode yep. of American Timelines by History for Jerks. And uh if you're a, a jerk and you're listening to this, thank you for listening. If you're not a jerk, then hey, good for you. I can't believe you're listening.
0: There's no way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening, jerks.
0: Yes. It's time to get out of here, Chuck Berry.
1: Oh, it is time to get out of here. And you guys can move on to your next podcast, which is probably... How to Jerk Off with a Flashlight. I don't think that's a podcast. Oh.
0: Pipe. It probably is. Don't try
1: Bat Truman Ego Trip is the greatest band of all time. Buy their music.